We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. The wait is finally over. DraftKings has brought legal sports betting right here to Colorado. And just imagine how much more fun watching a game is going to be when you have a little bit of skin in the game. Best way to get in on this action is with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. This isn't some offshore operation like, I don't know, other gambling sites. DraftKings is a legitimate sportsbook based right here in the U.S., so you can be confident that your funds are secure. With DraftKings Sportsbook, you can bet from wherever, whenever. You don't even have to leave your house. And luckily for us, we don't even have to wait that long for a major sporting event to bet on with UFC continuing to bring us action. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code DNVR when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. That's right, DraftKings Sportsbook has a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. Don't forget, under the code DNVR, get your sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right, joining me today, we've got a special guest, Tim Jenkins of Jenkins Elite a Colorado native, I believe. And I know you went to yeah. Thunder Ridge yeah. and played at Fort Lewis. Tim, how's it going, man? It's going good. It's going good. It's uh, like we talked about before. It's just adjusting to uh, all the craziness, all the uh, stuff we got to make the new normal for the next few months, it sounds like. <laughs> you know, for for someone like you, I have to imagine this was kind of a, a whirlwind. I mean, going from yeah. like being able to see everybody basically whenever to not being able to see them at all in like a matter oh, yeah. of days. Yeah, it was kind of crazy actually when it happened because we had, you know, one of our college spring break groups in. So I know you were planning on coming out to one of the sessions, but it's like out of nowhere, we were probably sitting in the meeting room and maybe on a Wednesday, all these guys just start getting emails from their presidents and their coaches saying like, hey, don't come back to school after spring break because class is canceled. We'll do it at home. And I mean, it was, it was pretty wild and not, and then obviously the NCAA tournament gets canceled and you realize how, you know, serious this is going to be when the NCAA, when the NCAA passes up on a couple billion, it's, it's a serious deal. <laughs> exactly. It's like, and you could tell, like they were trying, like they were trying so oh, hard, yeah. you know, how can we make this work? No fans, no this, <laughs> like, can we quarantine people? Yeah. Yeah. There's no doubt they were going to do everything they could. And, um, you know, I think ultimately they made the right decision with the fans flying in from all over. That would have been a, uh, that would have been a really bad situation. Yeah. I think in hindsight, we're going to look back and be like, you know, how did they even consider like almost yep. playing when it's all said <laughs> and done. But, um, you know, as a, as a guy who, who works with high school recruits, how has this impacted you guys? Like, you know, you talked about how you're doing the online meetings and stuff. I just imagine it's a lot of, you know, video chatting kind of like we're doing right now. Yeah. Yeah. So we do, um, you know, we've pivoted a lot online. We were doing like a uh, virtual uh, one-on-one sessions and all that kind of stuff. Obviously now with Colorado going to safer at home, we're able to at least get back on the field for, you know, the smaller stuff, which ultimately is, you know, super safe, but um, you know, yeah, I mean, we're doing a bunch of live streams, you know, I'm learning a lot about, uh, the computer that I never thought I'd learned, never needed to learn it in the uh, NFL or uh, post career, just been uh, needed a, just a guy that needed email. 
Um, but no, it's been, I mean, to be honest with you, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot more interaction. I tell you with the kiddos, we have guys all over the country, right? So, you know, I tell you, I'm actually seeing them now it's virtually, but I'm actually seeing them more now than before. Cause before, you know, they'd fly in once a month and train and, um, you know, now they're able to consistently get on that live stream. So, you know, for us, right. We took it as one of these things where, you know, we're ultimately going to be okay as a company. We really wanted to try to prioritize our kiddos and the fact that these guys now have essentially unlimited time to get on social media, which, you know, I don't care if you're 14 or if you're, you know, 40 and have an established career, like it's not the most positive place to be. Definitely, um, yeah. So I think for us, we wanted to prioritize, you know, just getting in front of the kids, talking to them, have them an outlet where things are somewhat normal, just because, you know, I, when I get on Twitter too much and I see the replies to our kids that get offered or say something like for me, I think it's a terrible place. I couldn't imagine being 16 and living through it. Um, and then not to mention not being able to go to school and hang out with my friends. So we just tried to create as much normalcy as we could in these times for, for our guys. Yeah. I think that's a great point you bring up. I mean, Luke McAllister, one of your, one of your guys made like yep. a, just like a general comment about CU not recruiting him. And you would have thought yep. it was, you would have thought he spit oh. on the president's daughter or something. Yeah. Like and then we had, you know, him. and then we had another kid who, you know, the Heinrich Harburg kid out in Nebraska who just got offered by Nebraska. And it's like these CU people are, you know, saying, Hey, how could you ever go to a school? Because all the news that's come out about them. And it's like, guys, like the kid just said he got offered. It wasn't like you said, I'm going there. It wasn't like you said anything. It wasn't like you said, these, these coaches have great character. He just said I got offered. <laughs> so it's just crazy. I mean, I get it in a sense of college football is a big business. Obviously people yeah. are really passionate about this. Like the teams it's, I don't, maybe their life to an extent. I don't want to quite yeah. make it seem so important. It's yeah. college football at the end of the day, but like the fascination and like obsession with a 17 year old's decision is, yeah. is so odd to me. And I think what's hard too, right. And I, I think, you know, 98% of fan bases are awesome. And just like, I think 98% of humans are great, right. It's just the 2% that you see on Twitter with that don't have a profile photo. Those are usually the ones that you know, we got it. That's a good point. Clear yeah. Up. Yeah. The anonymous are usually the loudest and yep. meanest on Twitter, so it's uh, not surprising. <laughs> no, but, not um, at all. You know, you you work with a couple of CSU guys and Justin Holland and Joe Hansley. Yep. What does the process go into? Like, how do you find these coaches, and what's it like working with a couple of you know famous CSU guys? Yeah. So, I mean, to be honest with you you know, Justin, he coached me when I was in high school. So this business we have, he was helping out another guy that was doing something similar. Um, and I actually just ran into Justin like three years into doing this. And he was a coach over at Chaparral High School. And I was like, man, you got to come on board. We're building something cool. Um, and he's been tremendous. I, coach Holland, you know, he's the director for our Parker location, which is our biggest location. You know, he probably sees 80 to 100 quarterbacks a year. Um, whether it's in group training or private training, the guy's a, the guy's a stud. I mean, I think from a footwork perspective, he teaches footwork better than anyone I've ever been around. And that includes, you know, my time in the NFL, CFL, he's just that kind of instructor. And then, you know, coach Hansley's, I personally think he could probably be the best receiver coach on planet earth. He just happens to be also another really good business guy. And he's got his um, other company. So we get him on Sundays and and he does a great job with the kids. He, 
Um, you know, I, I'm not sure if you were covering the Rams when he was there, but he's just from a personality perspective, he's a lot of fun. Both of those guys' energies through the roof, they hold the room. Um, it's just a ton of fun to be around. So our process for finding coaches, you know, early on when I was building this thing, you, there's no process, right? It was, Hey, I know this guy, let's, I'm, I hit him up on DM on Instagram and, you know, try to meet with them. Now, you know, obviously we, we get a lot of applications through our website. Um, you know, we're launching Houston in November. We have a coach for that. You know, we'll hopefully be launching uh, Phoenix and Vegas soon. So, you know, we've been fortunate to where now good coaches come to us um, more or less, but you know, at first building this thing, it was, yeah, just whoever you knew, right. Whoever you'd rubbed elbows with, you, you try to find them and see if they want to be a part of it. And, um, I've been lucky to have two former Rams that are, uh, not only have great playing backgrounds, but are really darn good teachers of the game. Well, first off, congratulations on, you know, all this growth and expansion. It's been Thank cool you. to see you guys. I mean, just online, like seeing from you guys working with just a couple of people yep. to expanding <laughs> to like guys like Padilla and Ty Evans yep. and McAllister and all these big names. I know you got some guys in the pros. Um, yep. What was the vision for Jenkins Elite? Like when you started this, what was your goal and how do you guys defer from maybe like a six zero strength or yep. some of those other programs? Yeah. So, uh, you know, to speak to the vision, I, to be super honest with you, there wasn't one. I, you know, when I got let go in the NFL and then went up to the CFL and then I was back home for an off season, I, I was like, should I go sell insurance? Like I didn't know what to do. Right. Like all former quarterbacks, I think we go into sales. Like that's natural for a quarterback. You're used to talking to alumni and boosters so you could go do sales. Um, you know, I, you know, I tell everybody this story. I went to Bennett, Colorado. I don't know if you know where that is. It's like way out East. It's basically Nebraska. Yeah. I drove out to Bennett. I drove out to Bennett, Colorado. I did my first lesson for like $15. Um, and like, I was hooked. I really just enjoyed teaching these kids in high school stuff that I didn't know until I was a rookie in the NFL. Like it, I, honestly, it was the coolest thing ever. And then the first signing day came around you know, where you see a kid who, you know, was on the cusp, but then all of a sudden he goes. And for me, it was a kid going and signing at Black Hill State, um, which a lot of people don't even know that that's a college that plays football. But, you know, seeing him go from a kid who maybe wasn't going to get a scholarship to getting some school paid for it, you know, it was, um, I was hooked. And then, you know, for us, from a differentiator standpoint, I, you know, there's a lot of guys in sports performance. Um, you know, we don't necessarily do sports performance. We're more skill-based. You know, there's, Landau elite speed just in this area and then on a national level there's thousands yeah, all of kinds, yeah. you know weights and speed guys um you know we try to stick to the skill development our biggest thing right is um you know for us tr honestly it's just trying to treat everyone um you know people don't have to spend their money with you and for us it was creating a culture of like you know we have really great customer service people because me and our coaches are, we're not great emailers or texters, right? So we have great customer service people. We have, you know, really good sales team. We, we just have a really good team around everything that um, when a parent comes and, and they're looking for somewhere to train, they know, Hey, we're always going to have our sessions on time, all this stuff. And, you know, there's a professional atmosphere. And then, you know, obviously everything we do is data driven and we're trying to be innovative. So, you know, for our quarterback specifically, we have a sleeve that, you know, measures every single aspect of the throw. I think it needs to be at the combine. Wow. Um, frankly, I think it's like the you know, most innovative thing. And, you know, it's, it's a company called Modus QB that they, they, 
they did pitchers forever with the Yankees and then now they've blown up. But um, so we have that we have access to that, which we use, which, you know, I, I tell parents, right. Anyone can take your kid to a park and he can look better because he's practicing. Um, you know, we're going to prove it to you. So if his fingertip velocity was 48 when he came and now he's at 52, we're going to show you, we're not going to, you know, and I, I think ultimately that's kind of been our differentiator. And, um, I mean, you know how it is, right. To be successful. I, I really think just genuinely just caring about the people who work with you and then, um, ultimately who, who trust you with their kiddos. Cause you know, I have two little rugrats at home and I'm paranoid who holds them. So I couldn't imagine saying, Hey, spend eight hours a month with my kid. Um, you know, obviously we need to pour the right stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a, and especially just given that like there are people out there that are, you know, taking advantage of players, oh, yeah. you know, and taking yep. money and saying, I'm going to get you offers and all this yep. and and the biggest whole- thing, right. And the, the truth of the matter is I, I went to Fort Lewis college, right. That's a small school. If I call down there and say, offer this kid, they don't care. Right. Like <laughs> the, ultimately the kids got to be able to play. You know, I think if there's any positives in this COVID, right. And, and I've had this conversation with a lot of college coaches cause they're recruiting, you know, there's a lot of guys still recruiting Luke. There's a ton of guys recruiting Heinrich, you know, Giles Pooler. There's a lot of our class of 2021. It might be better than Padilla and Ty and all those guys. Um, it's just a deep class, but I've been talking with these guys and I said, listen, if you know, while a lot of us in the industry are, are, are you know, I don't want to say hurting because that's not even close to what the restaurant industry is going through. But a lot of us aren't in the same boat we were three months ago. My hope is that maybe this eliminates some of the, um, you know, AAU hustler types that are now getting into football because um, it used to just be basketball. And now we're seeing with the seven on seven clubs and all that, there's more of that AAU feel to the stuff, which just isn't how we want to conduct ourselves or who we want to be associated with hopefully this gets some people out of it. And I think that, you know, we might come out on the other end of this with recruiting being a cleaner process. Cause I mean, I, you know, I, I can't tell you how many college guys I talk to. And at the end of the day, no one's going to get you offered, but yourself, there's things that you can do to help. But Luke McAllister got offered by CSU because Luke's a really dang good quarterback, not because I knew Joey Lynch. <laughs> Fair enough. And I mean, I mean, just for accuracy, he technically got offered, I guess, before Lynch. Yeah, by Bobo and all those guys. (laughs) So I'm curious, though, like, did the CSU coaches, either the old staff or the new staff, did they reach out to you for your perspective on Luke? So I I had talked to Letson a couple times, um, not a ton. With this new staff, I tell you what, they're doing a great job. Lynch is awesome. Uh, I think he is going to be a incredible recruiter of quarterbacks. Um, you know, just talking with him, the stuff that he wants to see in guys is stuff that, you know, frankly, I think is going to get you guys, um, top tier quarterbacks every year versus maybe, um, you know, and look, I mean, this is going back to when they pulled the, um, I can't even remember his name now, but the Pete kid out of California, right there. Uh, Pete Thomas. Yeah. Yeah. You know, for me, I think there's a certain aspect to if you're at CSU, when CSU is successful, they have guys like Holland guys, you know, homegrown guys going and winning a bunch of ball. If they lock down the state of Colorado, they're going to win the mountain West every single year. I just think there's that kind of talent level here. you got to sprinkle in the kids from Texas and Florida and California. But I think we kind of got away from that when Fairchild was there. Um, and I, and I do think that it's, it's an exciting time. Cause I think this new staff gets it. And, and honestly, I think, I think Lynch is a, I think he's a star, but um, we will see this fall. <laughs> 
I think that's a perspective that a lot of CSU fans share with you wanting to emphasize, you know, locking down some of these top kids in Colorado. Obviously, you know, the Christian McCaffrey's of the world, when you have offers from Bama and Stanford and USC, everyone in the country, it's going to be pretty tough to lock those down. But there are quite a few guys that just seem to slip through the cracks. And I'm curious, like as somebody that works up and close with Colorado high school football players, gets to talk to coaches from around the country. Do you, do you notice that other coaches are starting to value Colorado players more? Or, you know, is it still kind of an uphill battle? I, I, it's still an uphill battle, right? Because we're just not, uh, you know, there's there's Florida, there's Texas, there's California, there's Ohio, and, you know, then there's everybody else for the most part. I'll tell you that Colorado is quickly becoming a place that they have to come every year, and it's not CSU has to come. It's, it's every single college in America. So I, I think from that aspect, it's becoming better and better. Um you know, we got to be honest, while we can get kids to the level that the kids are in Texas, there's just, when you go to Texas, you walk a block and you hit up, you know, a hundred freaking five stars or, you exactly. know, not a hundred, yeah. but that's just how it works. And so, um, you know, I don't think we'll ever get to that level. I do think the talent level is increasingly better, even from, you know, 10 years ago when I was in high school, it's just night and day. Um, and I do think, uh, you know, I really think, listen, if I'm CSU, you got to take an honest look. How many kids in the RMAC go to the NFL every year? 20, 15? If you get those kids on your roster, if you get, you know, the so, and if you try to keep some of these guys in state, and here's what I'll tell you, and this is just from working with all these kids, it, it, there's no doubt what you said is correct. If I'm Christian McCaffrey and I'm looking at Stanford as a school as a whole, it's hard to recruit against. What I think CSU is going to become better at that I really think, you know, this is for both CU and CSU. You just have to be first. Too many of our kids get offered somewhere else first, and then they're bitter at CSU and CU. It's not that they probably would have got Alex Padilla. I'm going to tell you right now, if if CSU would have been Alex Padilla's first offer, Alex Padilla would be at CSU right now, regardless of Georgia and Iowa coming in on him because his dad played there. He loves CSU, but when all of a sudden Central Michigan offers first and then it's Iowa and then CSU, I mean, that's an easy decision. So that's where for me, it's like, if they become this school that offers first, it really will change this whole thing. Cause you'll see a lot of three and four stars that maybe have really darn good offers, but say, Hey, let's all go together and go up to CSU and let's, let's win a bunch of ball games and play in front of mom and dad and, and everyone. I think that's a great point because you would see, you know, at times with Bobo and those guys, they would offer some of these, you know, three, four star guys out of Colorado. But like you said, you know, it would be, they'd come in real late. Like they'd already yeah. have multiple power five offers, maybe, maybe not pop power five always, but yeah. with some of these guys. And it's like, well, at that point, you know, their, their opinion on you is made up. You didn't show yeah. the love. They don't think that you're, you want them. And it's hard if you, I mean, even think about a kid like Ty Evans, right? Who was committed to see you at one point, but the truth of the matter, you know, Arkan, how does Arkansas offer him first, right? How Crazy. does an SE school, SEC school say that's a kid in Colorado, but CSU and CU, you know, CSU back then was like, oh, I don't think he has the arm talent. It's like, no, he does. He'd probably be the best arm talent on your roster right now. But, and that's where I just think if they're first, it's just going to create a whole different ball game. And then again, that creates other, uh, you know, other problems where, you know, you bet early on a kid who was a sophomore and then he doesn't develop, but you know, you're going to have, so it's like a venture, it's like a venture fund, right? You're going to have way less misses, you know, and then you're going to hit on the, you know, the six, five stars and it'll make up for all those. So that's where I do think, you know, CSU. And I, I, I honestly, I think the new staff, 
has that mindset. And I think it's just gonna, I think it's going to change the recruiting game in Colorado. And then, you know, I haven't had any talks with the, with the new CU staff, but um, you know, I, I think CSU is going to quickly take the lead on in-state kids. I like to hear that because, you know, for uh, the 2020 class, CSU signed Tanner Hollins, the running back at a Columbine. Yeah. And one of the stories I heard, they were like, I don't think Bobo ever actually came to Columbine once. And I was like, how, how, yeah. how do you do that? How do you not go to one of the top, you know, five yep. or six programs in the entire <laughs> state? And recruit from them. It's, uh, it is crazy. And I, but I, I do, I think it'll get fixed. And I think, you know, go back to when Sonny was there. I, you know, based on what Coach Holland would say, that was kind of what they were built on was they go and they recruited Colorado really hard. They got great guys from all over the country. Don't get me wrong, but they recruited Colorado hard. And, um, you know, when Van Pelt and Holland were there, that was a formidable ball club year in and year out. It wasn't a team where people were like, Oh, we're going to, you know, we're going to beat them by 40. That just didn't happen. And they were just so tough. Like they had that identity, like they played for one another. And I, yep. I wonder if some of that was lost. I mean, you want to land top talent and it was, it was fun to see Bobo like going and, and landing some of these like fringe SEC type players. But yep. at the end of the day, I just wonder, like, especially if they don't have immediate success, like you're thousands of miles home. away from home, yep. or, you know, it's not really a school that you were probably that passionate about. You're just here because you didn't get the SEC offers. Yep. And I, I just like to see them emphasizing local a little more. Yep. I think you're dead on. I think it builds that chemistry. I think it builds that like, Hey, us against everybody else. Cause no one thought we could play yada, yada, yada. It builds all that kind of stuff in the locker room. And I think that's why they were so tough back then. And you know, I, I you have to have a national presence, right. But I, you know, to be honest with you, I think a lot of that happened in, you know, shoot, when I was coming out in 2009, our running back, Chris Woke, because I was at Thunder Ridge, signed with CSU. And there was a huge story because he was the only Colorado kid to sign with CSU, right? Fast forward four years, there's, you know, nine Colorado kids from that class that end up in the NFL, and they were just from different places. So for me, it's like, there's talent here. We just got to take a look at it. We got to see like, hey, you know, where do these guys fit? And I, and I do think, I think this new staff is going to do a great job. And I think, you know, I got a bunch of CSU homers in the conference room. So I think obviously they're hoping we get back to the, uh, the, you know, Mountain West title. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you about our friends over at Breckenridge Brewery. Breckenridge is of course the official beer of DNVR. Right now they need our help to keep the farmhouse kicking during this time. If you order a meal or beer from the farmhouse, use the code DNVR, save $5 off. Nice, super clutch. All you got to do, call 303-803-1380 from 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. for your pickup order. They'll even bring it right out to your car for you. If you're like me, you're in Fort Collins, you can't really get down to the metro area right now. We're all in lockdown. That's okay because I can still order some Breck beers directly to my house through the Drizzly app. Super clutch, beer right to my door. This is the future, people. This is the future. The 15-can sampler is the best bet for variety. Get a little bit of Avalanche Ale, maybe some Strawberry Sky, Vanilla Porter, whatever your fancy is, you'll have beer for everybody. That's the nice thing about Breck. They have just such a beautiful variety. Finally, if you want to get out of your house, you want to go support a local liquor store, you just want to get in there for a second, you can use the Breck Beer Locator to find the closest liquor store near you It'll tell you exactly where it is, uh, where you can find all those delicious Breck brews. 
the nectar of the gods, if you will. Shout out to Breck. We love those guys. I gotta, I gotta ask you some questions about Luke McAllister, obviously, yep. because this is a guy that CSU fans are just, they're stoked about. I mean, he's totally like fueling their fire with the going out and, you know, actively, you know, telling other guys to sign and he's hyping all the other recruits up and he's taking shots at CU for not yep. recruiting him. And just in your experience, what has it been like working with this kid and, and why should CSU fans be excited about him? I mean, listen, I, you know, to be transparent, Luke has all the tools to be a kid who's sitting in New York one day, right. And going up and hugging Roger Goodell. He's, he's all of six, four. He, you know, he doesn't struggle with any of the throws outside comebacks corner. I mean, he just, he can drive the football. He's obviously played at a school that's had a ton of success and has a really good history of putting out quarterbacks. When you look at Ty and even the kid before Ty, the Isaiah Sanders kid, he has success at air force right now. Um, you know, he's coming from a good program, you know, Luke on his own journey, you know, he came to us when he was a young guy, he was a little seventh, eighth grader, um, going to a school that was a powerhouse, you know, Ty's got a big personality. So trying to figure out where he fit, you know, he fit there. Um, but he's just grown into, he's grown into his own, but I mean, he's got all the tools. He's like, you know, he's a kid that'll push for playing time early. Um, you know, to be honest, I, you know, I'm not real familiar with what they have up there right now, but he's a kid that'll push for time early. Um, and he's a kid that, uh, you know, he's got just the right amount of prick to him, right? That's what you want in a quarterback. He's just, he's got just the right amount of it and and he's going to lead and he's going to hold people accountable. And, you know, we're excited because now we finally have a kid that's homegrown that's staying in state, right? We were yeah. thinking 2019 would be the year that Ty would go to CU and Padilla would go to CSU. And then all of a sudden now I got to fly all the way out to each coast to go see these guys. So, um, no, I mean, we're excited to have a kid in state. Um, you know, I, and yeah, I think, I think Luke has every single tool that, that you need to be, uh, you know, a first round NFL quarterback, not to mention just a successful college player. I was joking with Luke yesterday. I told him, I said, I think between you and Ty, I said you guys might be the the two most unpopular people in Boulder over the last couple oh, of years. Oh yeah, I mean Ty was uh, he was really unpopular there for a minute. Um, yeah, I mean Ty and Ty's whole deal, right? Like, you know, your coach leaves, so oh, it was totally gonna, fair. Yeah. Like to to hold that. Here's what instant. <laughs> here's so what, you know, not to get too hard on Twitter, but here's what I can't stand. Right, I and this is what I learned. I can't look at mentions. Ty flips to NC State. This guy tweets out and says, way to stay committed. And you click on the guy's profile and the first thing is about his ex-wife. It's like, what are you talking about, man? <laughs> like, you can't, you know, you can't throw shade at a 17-year-old. You just, so it's like, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, they they probably are the most unpopular people in Boulder right now. And, um, you know, and listen, I, you know, I, I know that you're CSU, for us, right, we want in-state football to be good at both. And honestly, I do too. Like just as a guy who creates football content and wants college football in Colorado to be relevant. Like I grew up watching, you know, BVP and and those days with CU and the big 12 and those teams facing each other where it's like, all right, like whoever wins this, like it might determine if you win eight or nine games, not oh, whoever wins this might get three wins this season. Yeah. And I think it'll be, you know, but I, I really do. I feel great about the new CSU staff, but yeah, Luke is, uh, He's definitely not popular in Boulder right now, but he definitely is a, uh, he's a big time kid that quite frankly, CU missed out on because, you know, they were chasing guys in in different States that, you know, 
I'm always a fan of if you can get a top tier kid in your home state, get him over maybe, you know, the eighth tier kid in another state. But uh, that's not always how college coaches look at it. Especially, you know, with with all the reasons we just talked about, you know, and wanting to like play for your own school and and how they'll like work harder. I know some of that can get blown out of proportion. Like at the end of the day, you know, a kid from California might come in and out work him, but yep. you know, you just don't know. But um, what are what do you view as his greatest strengths? Is it, I mean, to me, when I look at him, obviously he, he can make the throws, but I just, I like the fieriness that I see yeah. out of him. Yeah. He's super competitive. He, um, you know, I tell you one of his greatest strengths is frankly, just his arm talent, right? He's, he can make every throw. Um, you know, what we're working with him right now is football IQ. Cause obviously going that jump from high school football to college football is tremendous. Um, and just the looks and variations he'll see, especially, you know, and, and, and this isn't men in any, uh, bad way but but when you're in a conference like the mountain west versus like the big 10 right the big 10 you know totally. they just they just run their defense they don't they don't give you variable looks well the mountain west is so multiple so for him diagnosing at the line of scrimmage is going to be key especially when you go up and you we got to go beat boise state right they're going to be multiple on defense they're going to especially if he's a young kid um you know they're going to shade one way and then fire up yet they're just going to do different stuff that we want to try to slowly get him prepped for um you know, ultimately him getting up there early, I believe he's on pace to graduate in December, him getting to that first spring ball, that, that early spring ball is going to help him a ton. Um, you know, and, and in reality with COVID-19, the guys that he's competing with will really only have one fall training camp and fall training camp isn't really heavy on teaching, right? You're trying to prep your starter. So yeah, you know, he'll actually get up there at the first time that this has been a slowed down install with every other quarterback. So he's going to have a really good, just he lucked out to where there's going to be a really good competitive situation for him to learn the offense at the same time as everybody else. I think it'll be interesting because I do think he's a kid that if he picks it up quickly, um, it could get meaningful reps in spring ball. Um, you know, I have no inside information. I haven't asked Joey about this, but I, I think just looking on the outside in, he could get meaningful reps in spring ball. And then, you know, you never know. He, all of a sudden he's pushing training camp and, um, you know, making that whole thing a competition up there. Yeah. I mean, especially if you, you know, you come in high, like O'Brien's yep. going to be done after this year. They do have a yep. temple transfer who will have a uh, one year of eligibility left, yep. but he's not really a traditional like passing quarterback. So yep. we'll kind of have to see about that. Um, obviously he's your guy and you're not like, you're not going to say anything that would, would hurt him. And I wouldn't want you yep. to, but where, where would you like to see him like uh, improve upon? Obviously you're talking about, he needs to work on football IQ. And I think yep. that's just everyone, you know, making yep. that jump. Where is like one aspect of his game you'd like to see him fine tune a little bit? I would say the combination between football IQ and then frankly, not really from a skill set, but just from uh, adding weight, right? You want to see him stack on the pounds and get to that point where he's got enough body armor to handle the the beating that college football is. Um, but yeah, I tell you between those two, if he can, if he can dial up the football IQ and get it up to the college level before he's up there, and then if he can add on some weight, um, you know, he's going to be fine from a skill set. You got to remember this kid's been, this kid's been doing this for, five years at a high level he you know go ahead and tell him hey we need you to throw sluggo and he's gonna tell you all right i'm gonna take three steps pump i'm gonna hold the safety and then get back over there after a plus two like he's just it's stuff that i figured out playing under signetti with the rams right it's stuff that i didn't learn until i talked to bradford he just you know he's lucky he's been doing it since he was a seventh grader right his his family did the right stuff and said hey let's go you know and obviously they 
saw because of Ty that they wanted to bring him up here. But um, it's been a fun journey. And, you know, I, I joke, you know, Ty and Padilla, they were developed and we've been working with them for a long time. Um, but Luke is this first class of kids that like work since they were really young. Um, and it's going to be scary because we've got some freshmen that have been doing this since they were like second graders. So I think, uh, you know, and then my son, you know, he's 14 years away. So we'll see what uh, he ends up doing. He'll probably play golf or something, though, because that's <laughs> a quarterback coach. But Do you notice, I mean, I, I imagine it's kind of a fine balance you're trying to strike, especially with the younger kids, because you want to emphasize hard work. You want to emphasize the right things, teach them all these things. But, you know, you don't want to burn them out either, yeah. especially like, you know, you don't want to take the the joy out of it and make it feel like it's all work and never, yep. you know, a game that you have fun yeah. playing. No, I think, um, you know, I, I don't want this to come off bad. I really think burnout only happens with poor coaching. If you don't get a feel for your kid, you know, you could come to our training session. You could come be around us for a month. You'd probably hear me get fired up like once at most, right? I always say coaches yell when they run out of things to coach, right? I, we just don't have that on staff. We believe in pouring the right stuff into the kiddos. We can feel if the kid needs a break, but, but frankly, you know, a lot of these guys we've just built such great relationships with that this is like the opposite of burnout for them. It's their break. You know what I mean? It's their highlight of their week is coming to that individual session. Um, but you're right. There is a, there is that fine balance for me. I think, you know, the, the difference I would tell you is, you know, it's not, uh, group sessions are competitive. The individual, it's not this ultra competitive situation, like maybe say club baseball where the kid goes and plays 108 games right? With mm -hmm. a dad who just watched the Cubs manager rip his players and does that. That's just not how we operate. It's not, you know, we don't watch Nick Saban and think that's my coaching style, right? We, we try to pour into these kiddos and pour the right stuff. And, and ultimately we're all out there to, you know, work on a common goal. And, but you're, you're right. You have to avoid burnout. And I, I do think, um, you know, when you look at like the classic burnout situations like Marinovich and all that stuff, what you're going to see, in my opinion, is just toxicity from coaches. I just don't think it's, I don't, you know, it's like you talk to a guy at Google, they're rarely burned out. They're like, Hey, I get to ride a slide. I go and eat lunch. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? If you yeah. really love what you're doing, you know, like what with what you're doing right now, right? You could, you could podcast for probably 14 hours. And a lot of people think 14 hours of my job would suck. And you're like, nah, man, I'd go 24 if I didn't have to sleep. And I think that's yeah, where a lot of these kids do. get with us. And I, um, but you're right. There is that fine balance, especially with the young, young guys. Um, but that's that conversation with the parents. If we start to feel like, okay, this is, you know, the kid's not enjoying it. You, we just have to address it with the parents. Cause I, I tell everyone on staff, right? No amount of money is worth my soul. If if the kid's not getting better and the kid's not enjoying it, we need to just tell the parents, hey, let's evaluate this at a later date. But we don't want to take their money if if that's something that the kid's not enjoying and he's not getting a ton out of. It's just not, um, you know, we've built this thing on referrals and people recommending us. That's just not how you do it by, um, you know. Yeah, I mean, all you have of, is your reputation in yeah, a business yeah. like that. Like, yeah. 100%. everybody's being like, you know, Oh, don't go to Jenkins. Like yeah. that dude's just going <laughs> to try and take your us. money and <laughs> not answer your phone calls. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah. I wanted to ask you a little bit about Ty Evans and his relationship with Luke McAllister, because when I was talking to Luke, it kind of really seems like coming up under him and like seeing Ty 
you know, work and strive and have all that success kind of pushed him to be like, you know, I want to have that same success too. Yeah. And obviously he did coming out yeah. and winning a state championship. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, to be honest with you, I think their relationship is probably more like Favre and Aaron Rodgers than, uh, you know, buddy, buddy They're you know, they're friends. Right. And they've grown a lot, not only being at Palmer Ridge, but doing our stuff together. Um, I do think Ty was never like the type to say, Hey buddy, you know, here's how we do this. Ty's super competitive. And so is Luke and Luke went in and he was like, Hey, I know this kid has, you know, 30 division one offers. I'm gonna beat him out. That was his mindset. And Ty was like, this kid's gonna try to beat me out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna kick his butt. Right. Like they're both super competitive. I do think Luke being at a school and seeing a kid do it made him realize, Oh wow, this is like super possible. Um, which a lot of guys aren't fortunate enough to have in front of them. A lot of guys have a kid that, you know, he plays high school football and then goes on. They don't get to see the other stuff. Um, You know, and I think they're both, I, I, frankly, I think they're both, you know, still driven by it. I think Luke is probably pissed that he doesn't have as many offers as Ty did. And I think Ty's probably pissed that CSU offered Luke as their first, like it just, you know, and he never, he didn't get CSU until he had freaking Alabama. Right. So I think it's, uh, you know, it's, one of those things that I, I still think subtly drives them while they both like say how much they enjoy each other, which they do. Um, when they train together, there's a different level and it's really enjoyable as a coach to watch because they are hyper competitive, which is part of what makes them both darn good quarterbacks. Definitely, man. Definitely. Well, thank you so much for doing this, man. It's been really oh, no awesome problem. to get your perspective. And like I said, it's really cool to see what you're doing for all these guys. I mean, I grew up watching high school football in Colorado, so I have an admiration for it. I don't think necessarily everyone does. Um, Oh, I do have one more question for you, actually. Yeah. Do you think that the lack of accessibility is really hurting high school football right now? Because I think back, I know you you get like five or six games on TV a year, maybe. Yeah. And it's usually like Altitude or like Channel 5 or something like that. Yeah. I would just love to see like, I don't even, even if it was like a Comcast channel, just something, get two or three games a weekend on TV. Let's draw up the interest in high school football. I mean, I think there's, you know, to be honest, I think there's a lot of interest in it. I think, um, you know, I I don't think we'll find it in traditional media. I think that's just the truth. I think, uh, you know, I think they'd rather run a rerun of Friends. Um, (laughs) But I do think that there's a market for someone to go in there and start streaming high school football games and get some, you know, interesting announcers with some good, uh, you know, uh, exposure that can get this thing going. But I do, I, I mean, I, I really think that, and the brand of football that we're starting to put out Colorado as a whole is, is really darn good. And, um, you know, obviously the traditional powers get on altitude every year, but, um, I do think there's really good football kind of throughout the state. Um, you know, like Palmer Ridge, I don't know if they were on TV last year, Right. Uh, I know the state championship games weren't televised. So for me, it's like, and that's you know, crazy to me, especially like, yeah. I get, you can't get every game on TV, but the state yeah. title games. Yeah. Like, and I and, think just, you know, the truth is, I don't know if this, the mark, I don't know if the television stations really know how to advertise it, to be honest. Uh, you know, if, if I'm, if I'm going to do the state championship game, I'm going to go ahead and call every single company like mine and see if they're willing to do a TV spot. Right. Cause it's target demo. Um, but I, I just think that I, I don't I, I don't know if there's a, a ton of care in it right now. I do think you're onto something. I think there's 
you know, a ton of, I think there's a lot of interest and I think there'd be a lot of eyes. And I think they show that throughout the year. Cause I think altitude does like eight games a year. Um, and I think their ratings are pretty good. Um, so we'll see. I, I do think that it's a, it's incredible that we don't have the state championship on TV though. That's just wild. <laughs> it's just disappointing. I mean, like, I, like I said, I get that you can't just from a logistical standpoint, it's going to be hard to get everybody, but when the game is at the Broncos stadium and you only yep. need one TV crew to do like yep. three games in a day, it's just like, we're just being lazy. Yeah. It's as easy as it gets. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tim, man, it was great catching up with you. Uh, you know, I'd love to have you on the podcast again and, you know, let me know if I can ever do anything for you, bud. It was a blast, man. I appreciate it. Keep doing what you're doing and uh, I'll come on whenever you need me. Perfect. khakis wearing graphic tees feeling way too trendy raps that kill oh i'm deadly primed and ready like machetes at a deli in new delhi feeling scummy like martin scarelli turn jam into jelly then drink it like juice the water's the truth so i sip on that too skinny looking kid with no car keys like the only thing i drive is rcrv's got the stash like steve harvey oh i'm gnarly like non